Welcome if you're new to Evangel. This is a special Sunday where we've been able to just spend time worshiping and singing about this wonderful Savior. It's the right time of the year to do that. It's the right season to remember that Jesus came to us. And I'm so glad that you're with us today. If you have your Bibles, would you open it up with me to Matthew chapter 1? We're going to spend a few moments in God's Word before we close out our service and our time together. I want to pick up from last week's message. I shared a, a word that the Lord put on my heart, and I called it Messy Christmas. And uh, if you hadn't had a chance to hear that message, I encourage you to go on our website, evangelchurch.com, and, and listen to that. I just believe it's a word in season for us. And I really dealt with the challenges and the mess that comes around at Christmas. We all get the cards and we see all the beauty around, but behind the scenes there can be a lot of mess that no one gets to see. And Jesus came as the answer. Jesus came to minister to us. Jesus came to give birth to a miracle in the mess. Uh, the first miracle of Christmas came to a messy stable, a messy place, and Jesus came to get messy, and he came to meet us in the midst of that. And in the byproduct of those kind of seasons, when we walk through seasons where it seems like nothing good is happening, where it seems like there's only kind of deaths and desolation all around us, those are seasons where things are still happening. We just don't recognize it. I think about the winter season, and I've asked, maybe just as you have as well, um, what could, there, could there be any purpose in winter, God? I mean, come on, is anyone with me? Like, is there any purpose? You are the infinite creator of the universe. You could have created three seasons. Summer, <laughs> fall, I'll take some spring, but like we could have just skipped right over that. Uh, winter season, is there any purpose in that? And as I've spent some time thinking about that and even reflecting on it, um, we learn that there is a purpose for every season. And in fact, uh, one of the things that startled me is I read an article not long ago that said farmers long for cold winters. And I thought, okay, this can't be true. Um, and it, it said that farmers sometimes will long for a cold winter. And it was giving purpose behind even the winter season for someone whose heart is fixed on harvest, like a, a, like a farmer. And I thought of that word being a key word that we've been talking about. I just believe God's working uh, in our midst, and I just believe God's bringing a season of harvest among us. And I could think that the opposite of harvest is winter. And in fact, uh, we get to learn as we even study a farmer that there is incredible purpose behind the winter season. One of them comes about because when you look at the last harvest, anything that was hindering the last harvest, anything that was uh, kind of undercutting it and destroying it, you'll see that there are things that will plague crops. You'll see that there are certain kinds of pests, certain kinds of insects, certain kinds of things that will just plague a harvest and allow the harvest to be greatly diminished. Well, the cold winter comes, and under the surface, when you think nothing is happening, there is a purifying, there is a purging that is taking place to destroy anything that hinders the harvest. Sometimes we wish it would just get a little warmer, but you know what? It can actually be a challenge, a greater challenge to the harvest. It can compromise the harvest when we don't experience the fullness of the season of winter. Are you with me? Say, Pastor, is there any spiritual significance to that? I believe there is. I believe when we go through seasons, we want some seasons to be over very quickly, don't we? We want some seasons to be a lot warmer, a lot brighter than the winter season. But if you find yourself in the winter season, recognize that God is still working in the midst of that. That he's the God of all seasons, just as we sang. And that even in the midst of that, he is giving birth. He is beginning the process that will end in a great harvest if we allow him to lead us and to work with us through it. So I want to talk to you today 
about anyone that feels that they've been in and they are in a winter season, especially if you don't have any sense of clarity. You have no answer behind the why. You're struggling because you had a plan that was unfolding and you thought everything was going great and now you've hit a detour that has your head spinning. You have hit a setback that has frustrated you and you have seen the gap that we talked about last week uh, between what you expected and what you're experiencing uh, and in that, in the midst of that gap, maybe your heart has been filled with something I want to talk to you about today. What comes there is a word that I'd like to call disappointment. Has anyone ever dealt with disappointment before? Do you know what disappointment is? Disappointment, and I, and I thought about this, and I didn't share it with the first service, so you get the extra bonus content for this message. Um, disappointment is often really the death of our appointment. It's the death of our plan. It's when it doesn't happen the way we thought it would happen. And when that happens, when we feel with the death of an appointment that we felt should be appointed, felt should happen, um, it fills us with disappointment in our hearts, doesn't it? We, we can go through those kinds of emotions, and that gives way to despair and depression and all kinds of other things. I want to give you a definition for disappointment today that's a little bit longer than the one I just shared. It is a feeling of sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. Disappointment is the the sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment, pay attention to these words, of one's hopes or expectations. I want to take time, last week we talked about Mary, and now I want to talk about her other half, uh, Joseph. When Mary finds out that she's pregnant and God gives her this divine revelation By the time word gets to Joseph, we are seeing that his initial response is not the same as Mary's response. Um, And I would tell you, if if any of you could be in his shoes, uh, you would maybe say amen to that. Like, this is a hard story to buy. This is a hard pill to swallow. Because I could imagine, just as I stood with a couple yesterday and was able to... um, officiate over their wedding ceremony and I looked in their eyes as they looked in one another's eyes and they came together as husband and wife I could see hope in their eyes I could see the plan that they had even in their own minds the things that they've discussed the goals that they have set and the direction that they would be heading in you could see the plan and you could imagine those of you that are newly married those of you that have been married decades can you remember that moment when you're leading up to marriage you're engaged the world is bright, as bright as the promises of God, and you see the plan. Some of you that have been married some decades, come on, can you say amen? That plan hasn't always gone as you thought it would go. It wasn't always as bright, and it wasn't always as clear, and it wasn't always as straight as you thought it would be. But life gets a lot of detours, and a lot of zigs and zags, and challenges, and valleys, and mountaintops, and, and there's all these paths that you would have never imagined. But to think about Joseph, someone who actually was in the same line of King David. He's in that lineage that's in his ancestry for him. I mean, you could imagine all that he had put, all the hope he had in his engagement, all the hope he had for his future life with Mary. And when he hears these words, I'm pregnant. You're not the father. No one else is the father. God's the father. I mean, for him, it it filled him with disappointment just as it would any of us when when we don't understand what's happening. Often disappointment also comes to us because we can't understand why our plan isn't working as it should. It just doesn't make sense why what we're going through is happening in front of us. But he's dealt an interruption 
Oftentimes we're going to get these interruptions that come. And I want you to know every interruption that comes into your life isn't from the enemy, and every interruption that comes into your life isn't bad, even if you think it's bad. There's a such thing as a divine interruption. It's when God wants to intervene into your life. And so with that, this happens. And Joseph, we see his own plan that gets fabricated out of his disappointment. Because out of your disappointments, you're going to build some more plans. And those plans aren't always going to lead you to good places either. But Joseph, in verse 19, it says, Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. He was faithful to God. He wanted to honor God. And he didn't want to expose his wife to public disgrace because in that moment that she was pregnant and they were engaged to be married, they entered into a contract. This was not the same as engagement would be today. And we could think about someone that might go through a broken engagement. That kind of didn't exist then. It was a, a divorce. There was no broken engagement. You're already contractually obligated to marriage when you become engaged. And so he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace he wanted to try to honor her and yet honor God at the same time. So that put him in a very tough place. And so he had mind to divorce her quietly. He said, I'm just going to move on. I'm just going to go in a different direction. He was disappointed. In that moment, God shows up. In that moment, I think at our most desperate hour, you got to look for God in those, in those moments because God is speaking, God is moving. And in that moment, we don't understand exactly how, but it says this, that as he's considering this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, that's why I use that language to him, because he's in David's line of ancestry, don't be afraid to take Mary home to be your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. He will be a savior. That's what he says to him. Don't be disappointed and don't be afraid. And don't stop the plan that I have had for you to take her as your wife. Because what's in her right now is birthed by the Holy Spirit. And this is going to unfold in such a way that your son, you name him Jesus, he will save my people. Here's what happens in that moment. Something happened where Joseph understood that what he thought was an interruption was actually an appointment. What he thought was an interruption, maybe even a divine interruption, was actually a divine appointment. And I think this for us is something we need to recognize. When you look at the life and ministry of Jesus, it was marked by interruptions. So much of the Gospels that we have are not pre-planned moments in, in the disciples' timeline. It doesn't even see like it was a part of the plan in the moment. But there were all these interruptions. You know what every interruption that Jesus was met with turned into? A divine appointment. I want you to know when Jesus in the midst of your interruptions, they turn into divine appointments. That can happen. He has the power to do that. And so this happened in Joseph's life, and he had this divine appointment where God gave him a bit of revelation. And in that, it began to cure the disappointment in his heart. I want you to know that the greatest cure to disappointment is a divine appointment. The greatest cure for disappointment in your heart is God to show up in the midst of that. And you say, but you don't know what I'm walking through. I don't have to because I know this. I know that God showing up in the midst of your disappointment can change everything. 
It could even change your own heart. I want to tell you, whatever it is that you're walking through, you could have faced the greatest disappointments in your life, and I want you to know one divine appointment can begin to heal. One divine appointment can begin to restore. One divine appointment can give you the greatest gift, perspective. Sometimes all we need isn't even an answer, isn't something tangible. It's the ability to see things as God sees them. If we receive that gift, I want you to know something. Disappointment will begin to flee from your heart if you could just see things the way God sees them. His perspective. This happens when a divine appointment happens in your life. Some of the things, we pray for all these specific things. Sometimes we should just pray, God, may I have a divine appointment with you? Lord, would you just show me something that I don't see? Would you help me to see things the way that you see them? Lord God, would you just heal this disappointment in my own heart? Lord God, help me see the bigger plan that's unfolding that I only see this much of. You see, the Bible says just as the heavens are above the earth, so God's thoughts are above our thoughts. I think sometimes we, we can't figure it out, and we need to realize maybe we may never be able to figure it out because our thoughts are not his thoughts. His thoughts are so much higher above us, and the gift of perspective that can come in a divine appointment can really change disappointment. It could transform it in our hearts and turn it into something different, something positive, something amazing. It's a different word altogether. God has the power to turn our disappointments into delight. Delight, that's a powerful word as well. What does it mean to delight? It means there's great pleasure that comes from peace and fulfillment in one's heart. It's a great pleasure when you have delight inside of you. When you have disappointment, it's the sadness that comes from non-fulfillment, right? But delight is the pleasure that comes from peace and fulfillment in one's heart. So God, how can you take me from a place of non-fulfillment to a place of fulfillment and peace that would actually produce pleasure, joy inside of my heart? God has the power to do this. He does it even in the midst of Joseph's life right here. Where instead of being disappointed that your plan isn't working, you could be delighted that you're a part of God's greater story. Are you with me? We can move from that place. And I want you to know, many of us, that's the transition. That's the bridge that the creator of the universe wants to bring you across. He wants to bring you from a place of seeing um, how you might be disappointed. Your plan didn't unfold as you saw fit. And he wants to lead you to a place where you understand you're a part of his plan and his story. And you have a part in it. And that can fill your heart with delight. That great pleasure. Because we see that it was revealed that Jesus would be a savior. And, and when Joseph realized that the Bible shows us in Matthew 1, through 23, that all this took place to fulfill what God had spoken through the prophets. The non-fulfillment in Joseph's life was the fulfillment of God's plan. Are you with me? What he saw as a non-fulfillment of vows, of a promise, of a plan, that none of it was fulfilled. It filled him with disappointment. And yet in that moment to realize this is actually taking place to fulfill what God had promised. This is fulfilling God's plan that he's had from long ago. That a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, God with us. When we realize that God is with us, that changes everything. To just recognize 
that we're not detached from him, that he's not a far-off God. The promise of Christmas, the joy of this season that we could find even in the winter, even in the barren times, even when it seems like nothing is going on, even when it's messy, the greatest news is this, that God is with us now that Jesus has come to be with us. And if he's with us, we don't have to be afraid. If he's with us, the darkest season that you walk through, the deepest disappointment that you find yourself in, you can find peace in that place. Just as the psalmist in Psalm 23 said, the Lord is my shepherd. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not afraid. Why? Because you're with me. God with us. We don't have to be afraid because his rod and his staff, they can comfort us. He's our protector. He's our portion. He's our everything. And when that happens, when you get this perspective, when God is with you, whenever God is near to you, when he's not far off, when you realize that you get the perspective that you're a part of his plan in some way, that his purposes are working at a greater plane than maybe you can even understand, there could be a delight that comes. Not from your circumstances, not from your disappointments, not from your plans, but it's a delight that comes only from God. David, one of Joseph's ancestors, he said it in a beautiful way in Psalm 37. At the end of his life, he wrote this psalm. And one of the amazing verses that has just caught the hearts of so many of us that we see speaking of the truth of what this looks like, he said this, take delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord. I want you to know that there is a, it is completely possible that we can move from a place of disappointment when our plan doesn't work to a place of delight in the Lord where the desires of our heart begin to transform because we take delight in God. We take delight in his plan, in his purpose. Taking delight in the Lord means that our hearts truly find peace and fulfillment, not in our circumstance, not in our plans, but in him, but in him alone. When that happens, it changes everything. Pastor Rick, would you come up at this time? So Joseph, in verse 24, woke up, and he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary to be his wife. His whole plan changed. Everything changed. And could you just imagine with me, as the narrators read out during our time of worship this morning, what it would look like, what it could have been like, for in that stable, amongst those animals, as Jesus, the Savior, the wonderful Savior, was born. All the promises of God that had been spoken to this young couple. As Joseph had the ability to stare into the eyes of Jesus. To see, man, what I thought was a disappointment is now a delight. A Savior has been born. Great leaders are coming to worship him. Shepherds are coming. Like people are gathering. I mean, the backside of nowhere. This unknown couple has just been a part of God's plan to save and redeem the world. When you see Jesus, you can find delight in your heart. He's our wonderful Savior. I thought about this word wonderful. I've been singing the, the songs that we've been singing today. And I've been worshiping this week just leading up to this time. And 
as I thought about that word wonderful, I thought, what does that mean? What does the word wonderful mean? And I wanted to look it up in a dictionary and just find a definition. The first definition that I came across. I mean, one of those God appointments for me. Here it is. You ready? Take a look at it on the screen. Wonderful, inspiring delight, pleasure or admiration, extremely good, marvelous, inspiring delight. I want you to know our wonderful Savior has the ability in your heart to inspire delight, a greater sense of joy, a greater sense of fulfillment than you could ever imagine in your life. But I want you to know it's all waiting on the other side of a divine appointment with him. I want you to know that many of us, we keep appointments, you keep calendars, you keep schedules. The greatest appointment you could have going into 2018 is an appointment with the creator of the universe. A moment in his presence that brings breakthrough. A moment in his presence that brings clarity. A moment in his presence that brings perspective. A moment in his presence that changes everything. I want you to know, I don't always have all the answers. I know you don't as well. You could look to leaders and anyone else, but I know the one who is the answer has the answer. The one who is the answer to every issue, every trial, every problem, he has the answer. And here's what I know. His promises are true. No word from God will ever fail. And there's a promise that rings through the ages and reaches you right where you sit today. And here's what it says. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. What does it look to seek God with all of our hearts? What does it look like for a focused season of seeking God, pressing into his presence, not being distracted by other things, but just giving yourself completely to him? So I want us to do something, church, to kick off 2018 that we haven't done before as long as I've been here. I believe God's going to lead us into a season of seeking him in a deeper way. There is a practice we see in Scripture it's a time of focusing on God. It's a time of us holding back from things that we would normally have, and it's called fasting. We see that Jesus, for 40 days in the wilderness, he fasted, and it was a time of him seeking the Father, spending time in his presence, focused seeking. And in that place, we can see God brings great breakthrough. Time and again, God is a God of breakthrough. Therefore, starting in 2018 in January, we're going to have a 21-day fast as a church where we're going to press into God's presence. We're going to seek Him. Where we're going to press in, in in prayer and in fasting. We normally have done three days. We're going to do three weeks of that where we set aside meals, where we set aside time to just focus in on seeking God. And I'm believing God is going to bring great breakthrough through that. Amen? God's going to bring some great things through that as we seek Him and find Him. We're going to kick that off on our first Sunday of the year, which is going to be the 7th. So uh, you can just enjoy your New Year's festivities, uh, but get ready, right? Kicking off the 7th of January, we're going to start a series of messages. It's going to be three weeks long. We're going to call it Hunger and Thirst. We're going to learn what it means when Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. And as we do that, we're going to learn what it means to hunger for God's will to be accomplished in our lives and to thirst for his spirit to saturate us in a brand new way. And as we do that, I believe we will seek him and find him in a powerful way. We're going to be having devotionals each day that are going to be sent to you. We're going to have 21 days of devotionals as you're spending time focusing on God. We're going to have times where we gather together in corporate prayer over those weeks. And we're going to, as a church body, go into a season of seeking God and finding breakthrough. Amen. 
Amen. God's got great things in store. So get ready. Um, you're going to begin to get more information as the continued weeks unfold. And we're going to take this journey together as a church. I can't wait to see what God has in store for us in 2018 as we seek him in this way, beginning our year with our eyes focused on Jesus. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today? My prayer for you is that what you thought was a disappointing interruption in your life, you're beginning to recognize just might be a divine appointment in God's plan for you. Some of you, you're here today. I know deeply in my heart, there's someone that's here today. You, you shouldn't be here. Someone brought you some circumstance, some trial, some tragedy, some whatever it is has brought you to this place. And, and if you could have looked on your calendar a few weeks ago, you would never be here. But whatever it is that's brought you here, whatever disappointment has filled your life in your heart, here's what I want you to know. The creator of the universe had a divine appointment for you in this moment. Apart from him, we have no hope. Apart from him, we have no life. Apart from him, our life can just be marked by disappointment. Doesn't matter how much stuff we have. Doesn't matter how many accolades we have. Doesn't matter how much freedom we may feel like we have. It's marked with disappointment. But when Jesus comes, and when we turn our life over to him, when we surrender control to him, when we invite him to come as our wonderful savior, to fill our hearts with delight and hope, to forgive us of our sins, to give us a brand new life and a brighter future. When we come to him, we find everything we need for life. But it's waiting on the other side of that divine appointment. And that comes with you acknowledging your need for him, surrendering your life completely to him. Today, the answer is surrendering to Jesus. So my question for you, is if you're within the sound of my voice, have you surrendered your life to Jesus? If you haven't done that yet, I'd love to say a prayer with you. That will be the greatest step you could ever take in your life. It's the moment where you say, I've come to the end of myself in Jesus. I'm giving all that I am to you. I'm accepting you as my Lord and my Savior. We come to that place. And when we come to that place, Jesus has the power to change everything. You alone know where you are in your heart if you're right with God. But here's what I want you to know, that if you aren't right with God today, you don't have to leave here that way. Jesus is waiting for you. He's waiting with arms wide open to embrace you with his love, to forgive you of your sins, and to give you a brand new life. But you have to receive that gift. You have to receive him. You have to acknowledge your need for him. So today, I'm going to pray a prayer, but I want you to be a part of that. If you'd say, Pastor, that's me. I want to begin a brand new relationship with Jesus. I need him to come into my life and give me all that you've just been talking about. If that's you, right where you're sitting, lift your hand high above your head right now. If that's you, amen. I see hand going up. Is there anyone else? Amen. I see your hand as well. I see hands going up all around. If there's anyone else in the balcony, if you're watching online, I want you just in this moment, just reach out to God. That's you. I see hands going up in the balcony. I see hands going up on the floor. Amen. I'm going to ask you to take a big step right now. I want you, if that's you, I'd like for you to stand to your feet. I'd like you to come down here and meet me. I want to pray with you personally. Come on, if that's you, stand to your feet right now. Come on, church. Let's celebrate as they're taking that step. Come on down to this altar right now. If you're in the balcony, come on, I'll wait for you. Come on down. Amen. Praise God. Come on down. Come on right down here. Meet me right in the front. 
Amen. Is there anyone else? Come on down. Come on, church. Let's celebrate what our wonderful Savior is doing. Amen. Amen. pray together. If anyone else is coming, come. But I want you to say these words from the bottom of your heart as you're standing here today. Pray these words with me. And church, if you'd like to say them as well, it's just an active recommitment of your life. Pray, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins that have separated me from you. I believe that you came and that you died and that you rose again for me. Come and be my Lord. Come and be my Savior and lead me every step along the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I pray for those right now that have received you, Lord, that you would come and give them the blessing of your promises, that you lead and guide their lives, that you fill them with hope and with a future, Lord God, and you would guide them every step along the way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Can we celebrate together? Amen. 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 God bless you. church can we stand to our feet right now our prayer team's going to be connecting with you if you responded today we'd love to talk to you we'd love to give you a free gift church can we just celebrate what god's doing in this season he's doing an amazing work in every one of our hearts and our lives we have reason to adore him to magnify him we're just going to close out the choir is going to um uh, and the, the band will lead us in another chorus. But as we worship God, you're free to go whenever you'd like. But I'd love for us just to spend a few more moments just adoring our Lord and our Savior, lifting him high. Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. We adore you. We magnify you. You are our wonderful Savior, Lord God. Help us. Lord, help us to have a divine appointment with you in this season that changes us forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.